You're listening to the e-commerce marketing show presented by Privy. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to another episode of the e-commerce marketing show. I'm Dave Gerhardt, and my guest today is Kenzie Hagen. She's the VP of marketing for Vinebox and Usual Wines. Vinebox is a premium wine-by-the-glass tasting club, and each quarter, members receive nine single-serving portions of wine and have the option to order more of the wine they know and love. And basically, we reached out to Kenzie because we're pulling together a whole bunch of content around Valentine's Day because... I think there's a really cool story here about brands that are doing interesting things around holidays. And I, as a marketer, I've always been interested to know like how you plan for campaigns like this. What are you tracking? How do you stand out and do interesting things? So I'm excited to get a couple minutes to chat with you today, Kenzie. Thanks for coming on. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Give everybody some, some quick background on Vinebox other than that quick little explainer that I read. How long has the company been around and, and how did you get there? And just tell me a little bit of everything. For sure. Yeah. Um, so Vinebox has been around for almost four years. I joined a year ago when we were launching our sister brand, Usual, which excited me a lot coming from sort of the consumer D2C world. Um, previously, I was at Quip, the toothbrush company. And so I was really excited to sort of like take all the things I learned there and apply them to a new category where there wasn't a lot of other um, innovative brands popping up. And but Vinebox happened way before usual. And so um, the idea behind Vinebox is that wine is kind of intimidating and hard to learn about and it's expensive to either take classes or go and buy a bunch of big 750 ml bottles at the store. And so Vinebox sends members nine 100 milliliter tubes of wine every quarter. And um, there are different themes to each quarter. So sometimes it's like verticals, like the same wine over you know different years, or sometimes it's like, hey, exploring these regions or, you know, changes every quarter, but that's how Vinebox was born. And actually, even in the last year, we've been doing a lot of testing around, um, like, what does it look like to just sell one-off boxes? Like, if people are interested in learning specifically about Italian wines or about different Pinot Noirs from different regions or whatever it might be. So we have started selling boxes outside of subscription in addition to this uh, membership. And then on top of that, we do a bunch of holiday pushes where we have these limited edition um, seasonal kind of gift boxes, which I'm sure we'll talk a lot about today. But um, but yeah. I want to dig into the seasonal campaigns. But just since you mentioned it, coming from Quip and then taking the VP of marketing job here, what you, you mentioned like getting to apply some of the things that you learned there. Talk about some of that stuff. What are the plays or what are the strategies that you that you learned at Quip that you've been able to take or you know new stuff that you've created when you think about marketing? Yeah, for sure. Part of the beauty of working at an e-commerce brand, especially one that's really young and really small. I mean, even Clip now is is huge and would definitely not have the same sort of liberties that I have here. But the beauty is that you can build a product before you develop a brand, right? You can like test the viability of it. And even like kind of more old school marketing is like you build a brand first and then the people will buy the products. But here it's kind of like, okay, well, we have this interesting idea. Let's test it out and see how it does. And as far as things that I could apply from what I learned at Quip, I mean, everything, right? Like we're building a, a like disruptive brand in big category and a lot of it has been relevant and a lot of it also has not. And so I guess wine is a really interesting category. And even right now, like we have two different brands that I'm working on, right? And they're both 
single serving wine products, but doing very different things, solving very different problems. You mentioned something interesting. So we we recently were talking with Kurt Elster, who hosts this podcast called the Unofficial Shopify Podcast, and he's a lot of experience in e-commerce and specifically Shopify. And he talked about the biggest mistake that e-commerce brands make is that they don't build an audience before they launch, but you seem to have like an opposite kind of playbook. Can you talk about the other side of that? Because we've talked a lot about like, hey, if you build an audience before you launch, you can actually have people to launch to, but you almost seem to have the stuff you mentioned is almost a product first approach. What are the benefits of that? And how do you think about testing into that? Probably that philosophy applies a little bit more for developing new products or even, um, for example, I talked about like last year, we launched sort of this like collections page for Vinebox, which allows us to sell boxes outside of a membership. And luckily, like we already had an audience to talk to for that. Like we had a pretty huge email list and we have a really active text message subscriber base as well, which we can talk about more. But it's sort of that idea of like, hey, we don't have to make this a big PR push. We don't have to sort of announce this like formally. We can just test it a little bit. And if if there's traction, like great, we can run with it. And if people don't like it, then we can just kind of pretend like it didn't happen. And same for usual, right? Last year we launched sparkling wine and we weren't sure how it was going to do. Like that was a completely new product for us, but it turns out everyone loved it and we sold out like really quickly and now we're making more. Right. Well, it's almost like the best the best marketing ammo that you have as an e-commerce brand is new product. It's not necessarily some new ad audience or new segment of a list or new campaign. It's more like, can you can you test new product ideas and then go double down on the stuff that's working? Absolutely. And I don't know if that actually holds true for every category and every brand, but certainly for ready to drink, like anything consumable, right? It, it's pretty amazing. And yeah, I mean, especially in a very crowded space now, it's super easy to start a brand. There's a lot of noise and... Facebook is not what it was even like two or three years ago. It's super competitive and it's not necessarily a really profitable way to grow anymore. Yeah, it's tough. You're VP of marketing and you mentioned a bunch of different channels. You mentioned email already. You talked about text, which I want to ask you more about later. You talked about Facebook, you talked about all these different channels. You can do a lot of things, but ultimately you're the VP of marketing. What do you own from a numbers standpoint? Is it revenue? Is it repeat customers? You probably report to the founder, the CEO, or whoever. What are your kind of KPIs that you own on a personal level as a marketing person in your role? So all the things you just talked about, for sure. Everything, especially <laughs> revenue. Yeah, no, that's true. And even um, I, I have a lot of friends like from my time at Clip and even just like friends from various places who are all working at early startups right now, like in e-commerce, in CPG. And we always talk about like growth strategy and it's kind of like, how do you guys think about growth versus how I think about it? And I think product innovation is definitely top of mind for me this year because it is also like, okay, do we need to grow month over month or is year over year sufficient for, for right now for what our goals are? And how do we do that? Like seasonality is something that we're able to really lean into we're super lucky that we have two brands like Vinebox is really great in Q4. We have this wine advent calendar that is just like so super popular. Like it's everyone loves it and it's really awesome. And then for usual, Rosé is, you know, huge in the summertime. Like we're really able to capitalize on that. And that's like another huge thing is just like, how do we grow, maintain our unit economics and do it in a way that is exciting and relevant to our customers. So basically, you can look at the year. You can you can map out the whole year and say, well, we know Q4 is going to be crazy because of the holidays, and and that's big for us from the you know vine box perspective. And then the summertime is going to be busy because that's when everybody has the rosé. But how do you think about 
when you were looking at 2020, how do you go and look at the year and plan out like, okay, we know January to June is going to be softer. Does that mean you're spending more on paid channels during that time? Are you running more you know, discounts and promotions? Like, How do you think through that? Definitely. I think kind of step one is looking at the year, thinking about what's our goal, what are our goals? And then these are, this is what I know has worked from the last year or, or looking at historical figures. And um, this is where I know we struggled. And so how do we combat that? Whether that's like, you know, we know that this month kind of sucks, like let's launch a new product. And even like the way that I do projections is like on a skew level, like this is how many cases of rosé I want to sell this month, or this is how many cases of red, or like, oh, we need something new this month because last year, like that was a hard month for us, or CPMs are really high during that time. So that's kind of where I start. All right. Speaking of trying to fill the gap, let's talk about, let's talk about Valentine's Day. When did you start planning for Valentine's Day? When do you have to get stuff live by? And maybe take me through like the campaigns that you're going to be running next week. So we launched for both brands now a Valentine's Day product. And honestly, we came up with the idea for both of these in probably the second week of January. So not very long. That's an important point. Like you didn't start thinking about this in July. Like you came into the new year and was like, oh shit, we have to do something for, <laughs> for Valentine's Day <laughs> and had enough time to do it, right? I don't, I don't think that, I think a lot of people yeah. get a little bit caught up in the marketing planning process where, hey, you, you can do this in a month and a half. For sure. And it's even kind of like, okay, what wines do we have um, inventory left of? And what packaging do we have left over? Like what can we put together that's like free essentially on the back end and that will be exciting and new? And so, um, so yeah. So for Vinebox, we have this Reds and Rosés Valentine's Day product. And honestly, Valentine's Day is not a huge holiday. I mean, I guess in general, right? Like it doesn't speak to everyone. It's not quite as big as the holidays in December. And so we're able to prospect a ton of new people with our advent calendar in December. And so um, we have all these people who have maybe gifted the product to someone else, but haven't tried it for themselves or have just received it and like had a good experience with our brand. And so that was kind of the idea too, is like, we have a bunch of new people on our email list, on our text message list. How do we engage them and give them a new product? And then for usual, we have kind of like playing on roses, like a dozen roses. We have a dozen rosés. We have this digital gift that you can send someone like a a Valentine that opens up and it's a gift card and they can buy rosé or red or whatever they want. And we came up with that even after we launched the Vinebox Valentine's Day box. When you're thinking of like existing inventory and packaging, it really becomes just an exercise in like creativity, right? Like what are we going to call this thing? How are we going to market it? What does that process look like? Is that a is that a gut feeling thing where you're like, we like this one, we're going to go with it? Are you able to test a couple ideas first? It depends. Something like this, we came up with sort of last minute and just thinking about like, you know, this is a holiday we should probably be involved in. Um, and so we didn't, I mean, we, we kind of just sat in a room together one day and came up with a name and product and pretty much like built the page in, I think we, for Vinebox, it, it, it took us maybe like five days to get it live. For usual, it's a little bit more challenging because we are thinking about brand a lot more than we are for Vinebox. And so, I mean, usual, Vinebox is kind of a service. I know it's like a wine tasting gifting company. It's it's not quite as like a consumer brand in your face. And so um, for usual, we have um, a couple of people that we work with on the brand side that are really awesome. And we sort of brainstorm with them. Like, what does this look like? How can we get something that also, I guess, shipping cutoff is an interesting thing, like for gifting in general. And so we're like, how do we do something that for people who gift last minute, how can we extend beyond like, you know, the shipping cutoff period? And so that's where the digital gift idea was born. You're getting a spike in sales and traffic from this. You're going to get new customers that you don't already have. How do you, 
as a experienced, you know, e-commerce marketer, how do you turn that stuff into repeat business? Like, what do you, cause obviously you're thinking about, it's not about this initial purchase. It's about after we get them in or funnel, what happens after, how do you think about that? And how are you baking that into this campaign? That's a great question. I think actually for both of these products, like we kind of built this for our existing customer base, less so to prospect new people, but um, of course we'll get new customers for both brands with these products. Text message is like, I'm a huge advocate for it for, as a marketer, I think it's really amazing. People expect instant communication now. And we found this really amazing company that has like people that actually respond to text messages. So you're not talking to a chat bot or um, it doesn't get go into like our email queue to be responded to hours later. It's like instant conversation. And that's really awesome for building trust and just like a relationship with, with a brand. And so we text people like, Hey, we are launching this product tomorrow, but we wanted you to know about it first. Um, it's like our, you know, exclusive Valentine's day gift, check it out. And like, we send that before we send the email like that, just really, it's crazy. Like 10% of our revenue last year for usual came through SMS. Which is with existing customers. Yeah, because, but it makes sense. Like that's not, that's good marketing. You're not just reaching out and saying like, hey, a 10% discount tomorrow. You feel like an insider. You're like, hey, this thing is going to drop tomorrow. Do you want to be the first to know you can get this now? Yeah. Um, How do you think, so so talk more about um, the split between email and and text. And how do you, how do you use those? How do you think about those two things together? Because I think the biggest thing that we've heard in, in starting to explore text, which is a product that, that we're launching later later next month, is um, uh, my customers, you know, my, a lot of people say this, my, my customers don't want text. Like I would be so mad if a brand was texting me all day. But, you know, talk to people with real experience in this world like you and you're saying it's it's one of the best sales channels. And so um, how, do you, how do you do it right? Yeah, great. Um, so that, that's something I think about a lot is like, when we launch a product or when we send, I mean, yeah, this is mostly, this mostly happens around new product drops, but um, we're going to send an email because our email list is much, much bigger than our text message list. But um, we're also going to send a text. And so it's like, is it, is it a problem if people receive both? And um, if they, if they get a text and then they say that they don't, they either don't respond or, or they don't buy the product like, should we also email them then? And that's like a huge question that is difficult to answer. Um, and I, I don't, I don't know the answer to that question, but, um, the way that we, that I think about text, it starts with cart recovery. So at checkout and um, people enter their phone numbers and the the company that I use for SMS called save my sales, they will, within like an hour or two, will send a text message to those people and say, Hey, I saw you're checking out or, Hey, this is, you know, Haley from Vinebox, I saw you're checking out this box, like great choice. Um, can I offer you, can I see if I can find a discount for you? Um, and that's like a great way to get people engaged. And it's like, oh, wow, this is actually a person texting me and they're offering me something um, amazing. So that is one way that we sort of kick off the text message relationship. Um, and then another thing that we did for usual that's been really awesome is we have a wine hotline that we built. So like we have a live text number it's in all of our inserts and all of our products. Um, we had a pop-up in San Francisco of a, a wine tasting room and um, we were handing out cards with the number on it and people text and, and they either ask us questions about the brand. Um, it is, it has also sort of become a customer support line, which um, is, has a bunch of challenges. Um, I mean, doesn't, doesn't every marketing channel become that though, whether it's Twitter or email or yeah, text, people are going to say, my, I didn't get my, pa- I didn't get my package. Yeah, for sure. But also, um, if someone wants to order another case of wine, they can just be like, hey, you know, I want a 24 pack of red. And um, that happens through text message, which is pretty awesome. 
What what's the biggest thing? Okay, going into that, this is like probably the last question or so. What, uh, going into Valentine's Day, what's the biggest thing that's keeping you up at night as you think about this campaign launching? Um, I mean, the campaigns have launched. <laughs> okay, but as you think about, like, you're gonna look, you're gonna have to look back. You know, March first, you're you're looking back at the numbers. Like, what are the things that what are the things that could go wrong or, or keeping you up between now and then? Um, honestly not much. Like I, I think, um, I mean, I think like if you have a product that is solving a problem, um, or, or in some way that if, if you have product market fit, like people are going to buy your product and, um, and yeah, like, I guess I'm, I'm not, not, not super worried. That's good. No, that's a good thing. I think, I think you have a great lesson in, in focusing on your existing customers, right? Repackaging inventory and products that you already have and that can be done in any industry right like that's just being creative and thinking about like what do we already have what's an offer that we can make and, and an offer is really just a reason why you're going out to the market and saying hey you should buy our stuff right now right um and and i love i love how you're thinking like i love how you're thinking about text messaging i think the the idea about the basically pre pre-sale to your customers is is awesome thank you <laughs> All right. Well, that's all. That's all I got. Thanks. Thanks for giving us like 20 minutes of, uh, of education on, on what you all are doing for Valentine's day. Kenzie, I uh, appreciate it. Anything else you want to plug or cover before we, we hang up? Um, check us out. Usuallines.com. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. We should have done a promo code. Maybe next time. <laughs> Sounds good. All right. Thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. For sure. Thank you. See you later. Bye. Bye.